Hello, and welcome to The Commissioner. My name is Randy Sawson. This is episode 10, 50 Cent, 21 Questions, and Many Men Wish Death. So this episode is a double feature because I'm going to talk about two videos that I commissioned at the same time, and we filmed them both over a seven-day period in 2003. Um, They were 50 Cent, 21 Questions, and Many Men Wish Death. Um, This was during the success of In the Club, which was still being played heavily at radio and at MTV and BET. And so In the Club was a massive worldwide hit, So we had to follow it up with the right song. And as I've discussed before, I do not profess to have the ears of a promo person. Um, Little side note, the promo department or the promotion department at a label are the people who work directly with the radio stations. Um, And so that department's usually the one that picks the songs that I make the videos for. So when I first heard that we were going to make a second video for 50 Smash album, Get Rich or Die Trying... I was actually surprised. Um, It was so soft and kind of R&B that it didn't seem like the right choice. But boy, was I wrong. Um, Everything about that song was the right choice, Um, especially the soft edge and the Nate Dogg chorus, which was a staple in hip hop for a long years from like the late 90s until Nate Dogg passed in 2011. Um, He sang on The Chronic for Dr. Dre's track, um, The Next Episode, and he delivered the classic line like, hey, 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 smoke weed every day. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he is a big part of hip hop. So um, he also sang on Tupac's All About You, Ludacris Area Codes. Um, He was on Warren G's Regulate, which he produced as well. So once I thought about it in terms of a video, I had a different take on the song. Um, I remember first hearing about the video from 50 in my office at Interscope. Um, he had come by the label to say hi to everyone with, you know, with all the success he was having from the record. Um, it was during Grammy week. So it was like February, January, February, 2003, and he was in town. So he came by the offices to meet everybody, um, cause he lived in New York. So he wasn't in LA a lot. Um, most of the people at the label had never met him. Um, But since I had a working relationship with him from doing the Wankster video and in the club, he actually knew me. So as he was walking around being introduced to everyone, um, he saw me and came up and gave me a big hug because it was, you know, somebody he knew. um, And he wanted to come into my office. Um, Just a little inside note. um, I don't like desks. That's the thing about me. Um, so if you've ever been to my office or or never been, you just know, like, I don't like desks. So I feel for someone in a creative capacity like myself or anyone in my type of position to have a desk and sit behind it sends the wrong message to anyone that enters, you know, my office. So I set up my office like a living room or a den with couches and a comfortable environment for artists or managers or anyone from brands or even the label to come in and kind of make themselves comfortable. So 50 immediately sat down and loved my office. Um, and we started talking about the 21 questions video. And he told me that he wanted to make it more like a movie and he would play the lead actor. Um, and he wanted a girl that was beautiful. Uh, we ended up casting Megan good. So that, but he didn't want her to play the typical music video girl. 
so she wouldn't have to, you know, dress risque or, you know, shake her ass or anything. Um, I also told him I was a little surprised by the choice of the song. And he asked me why. And I said that, it, you know, he had so much street credibility. And I thought the song was a little too pop. Um, and he said he agreed. And that this is when he told me that we're going to make two videos at the same time. Um, that we were going to do a second video for Many Men Wish Death. And that that was going to be our street video. So that was the first time I had heard that and ever done anything like that. But I immediately got excited to learn that we would be filming two videos at the same time. The second video we would make that week would be Many Men Wish Death. Um, we had a number of cameos that we were able to get through 50s popularity and the fact that the director, Jesse Torero, knew a number of actors personally. Um, we made it like a mini movie and we were able to cover some content and situations that normally we would not be able to because we were not making this video specifically for broadcast. This is a unique situation to be in, so we tried to take advantage of it the best we could. Um, I mean, we had a scene where 50 gets gunned down in front of a bodega named Torero's Liquor, not to Jesse's last name. But we had people systematically killed. We showed dead bodies and blood. We showed guns and simulated gunshots. Um, all of these issues were completely taboo for broadcast at the time. Probably not, too. Um, but we were able to film it this way because the main broadcast video was 21 Questions, and this was supposed to be you know, a quote-unquote street video that was going to be distributed on kind of alternative outlets and through VHS copies and just different. I mean, this is before, I mean, it wasn't before the internet, but it was definitely before videos were online like they are today. So um, while you could maybe get some things online and do things, you couldn't watch it on your phone at that time. Um, so VHS copies or even the CDC or DVD-ROM, I don't know if you guys remember that. that there was, you know, ways to get images out there, but... Um, not through broadcast, which was still the main way people watch videos. Um, the budget for it was half of what it was for 21 Questions, but it was still a lot of money for a music video at this time, even even today it is. Um, I have a link to the actual video known as the dirty version in the comments below. Um, if I had to name it, I would have called it the original version and called the clean version the broadcast version, because in the end we had to make a clean version of the video as 50 was so popular that before we could make the PIMP video, all the broadcast outlets wanted another video because they had played 21 Questions so many times. Um, th and this is a great problem to have. And um, one that any commissioner would take regularly, but this was not a regular occurrence and I did not take it for granted at the time or even now. Um, I know how fortunate I was to get the opportunity to make these two videos at the same time. All right, so let's start with 21 Questions. Um, as I said before, 50 wanted this to be a movie-style narrative video. The specifics had to be worked out, but he knew that he wanted to act and show the world that he was more than just another new rapper. Um, this video was directed by Phil Atwell and Dr. Dre. Um, there was a point back in 2003 that 
Dre was directing videos. I think before he became the mogul that he is today, he may have wanted to be a film director. I don't know. But he co-directed this video as well as um, Eminem's Cleaning Up My Closet video. I think he dabbled in a few others. Maybe Truth Hurts Addictive. I don't know. There was there, uh, He was doing videos, though. It was a thing where he would regularly co-direct with Phil. Um, either way, it was an honor to work with Dre, and he was always really good at everything he did, including directing videos. But it also made for um, a lot of more people on set, and that is always a potential problem. Um, making videos seems like fun, and, and it is, but it's also a workplace, and there are time constraints and money issues that can be hindered or delayed when too many people are just hanging out. Um, fortunately, even though 50 had an entourage, which was getting bigger by the day, and Dre had an entourage, it did not get in the way of the production at all. In fact, we were able to use a lot of the people as extras so that it made the scenes in the prison feel more crowded and full of life. Um, one of the things I like best about this video is the way we work the performance of both 50 and Nate Dog into the storyline of the video itself. Um, a parable, if you will, of hip hop videos or almost any video for that matter, particularly in hip hop, but particularly in hip hop is the master performance or performances, right? These are the setups that have an artist or artist performing straight to the camera. Um, you can cut back and forth from this setup to tell your story or use special effects or unique imaging, but the performance is what anchors the video. But in this video, we didn't have one. All the performances happened within the story from 50 rapping on the bus to prison to him on the payphone at prison and him in the meeting room with Megan before he gets dragged away to solitary confinement we made a collective decision to not have a master performance. And I think it made all the difference. The video moves quickly, even though the, so the song is um, mid-tempo and the edit is dramatic. Um, but these are the type of decisions that when you make and you feel good about it at the time, but you don't know if you're right or wrong until you finish the video and it goes out to the world. Um, there's an old saying that I like to say, and it applies to commissioning videos for sure, and that is... You don't get a second chance to make a first impression. We filmed the 21 Questions video at the Sybil Brand Women's Prison in Burbank. Um, it used to be a functioning women's facility, prison facility, but they closed it down in 1997. And now it's used mostly for filming. Um, they may do special events, but it's mostly used for filming. Um, it was the perfect spot to film this as it basically was done as far as production design is concerned. Um, by the way, on a film set, art department or the art department is in charge of all the settings that go in front of the camera. Um, the head of the department is called the production designer, and under them is the art director, and there's a prop master, and builders, and painters, and finishers, and so the art department is crucial to a good shoot, and it can make or break any video, and shout out to all the art department people out there. You are amazing. Um, anyways, it was a great location because it was secure as well. Being an out-of-commission prison meant there were gates and controlled entrances, so we could control anyone coming in and out of set. Um, as I spoke about in the 50 Cent in the Club video, we had some unwanted visitors that can create issues beyond just a confrontation. Um, if you have an external issue that are 
outside the scope of just film production that can cost you money and you know just create issues that cost delays or overtime that can add up really quickly. Um, this was before the immediacy of social media. So even though a number of crew members had cell phones and pagers, it was still a small network of people. And there were pretty strict rules that I had and most people did um, that made sure all production companies adhered to so that there were no visitors on set for anyone. All requests had to be cleared by myself on the film crew side and 50s management on the video side or at least, you know, for that. And as long as it was, you know, the thing about music videos is they can be long, boring and tedious. So um, even though the final product looks great, it takes hours and days to get all the footage captured. And most people don't have the stamina for to sit around and watch that. So there were a number of people that wanted to come by the shoot um, from the label and I was able to stagger their arrivals so that it didn't affect the shoot. Um, I even put a few people in the video, specifically the guard who lets 50 into the trailer for his conjugal visit with Megan at the time. Um, Kevin, That's Kevin Black, and who's a big wig in the urban promotion department at Interscope Records. Um, Kevin and I also worked together when he ran um, promotion for TWISM, which is an acronym for The World Is Mine. It was Shaquille O'Neal's label uh, that was distributed for a while through A&M when I was a commissioner there in the mid to late 90s. The casting for this video was amazing. Um, getting, getting Megan Good to play the female lead was, was huge. Um, she was a working actor, um, but was still attainable for us as we had some money, but not like unlimited funds to spend on, uh, you know, someone in a video. Um, and she looked and played the part perfectly. We also cast Tyson Beckford as the male nemesis for 50. Um, this happened because he's a good friend of Dr. Dre's. I'm pretty sure that's how. Um, if you saw the HBO documentary featuring Dre called The Defiant Ones, there's a scene where Dre inadvertently posts a video telling the world about the deal he made with Apple to sell his Beats company for billions of dollars. Um, but he it was before the deal was officially announced. So he put the video out before that. So it created a major issue and almost blew the deal. But in the video with Dre is Tyson Beckford. So, you know, they're close friends. Anyways, Tyson was um, fantastic, a real pleasure to work with and great to have on the shoot. And it's not every day that you get people as talented and attractive as Tyson Beckford and Megan Good to star in your music video. So when you do, it's best to make the most of it. We filmed the video over three days. Um, the first day was filming the beginning and the ending of the video where 50 and Megan are in the house and the cops pull up. And then the ending where we reveal that it was all a daydream and Tyson is the actual target of the bust. Um, day one was a night shoot and we were able to get all the footage we needed and wrapped on time. Um, th by the way, this video and many men were the last videos where 50 wore clothing other than his own G-Unit clothing line. Um, he was in the process of making his deal, but the samples weren't ready yet. And it's fun to look back and see the videos now in that light. At the time, you don't know what's going to happen or where an artist will end up. So to see 50 wearing other brands is kind of strange because after this and for the next 50 plus videos that we made together, 
he always wore G-Unit clothing. Um, there were some scenes in those videos where he was in character or regular clothes because he was in character, but for the most part, he and his crew always wore G-Unit clothing. And not every artist does this. Eminem had a clothing line called Shady Wear, and he still wore Nike gear all the time. Another thing about this was that at the time, MTV would not allow logos during videos. Um, we would have to blur any logo that was visible on an artist. Um, this was MTV's way of not allowing a brand to circumvent advertising on their network. You see, if a brand can go directly to an artist or a label and give them clothing to wear, and the artist wears it in the video, then they have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, and achieved the same result, which is to get people to see the artist wearing their brand. MTV realized this early on and made us blur any logo, anything like that that was visible. And we would try and sneak things by, and sometimes did, but for the most part, we had to blur the logos on any brand of an artist or a highly visible scene in any music video that was on air. Um, it was kind of a big deal back in the day, but it was standard practice and everyone did it and blurred the logos accordingly. We didn't have to do that with 50 Cent because it was his brand and he wore it accordingly. So you'll see him wearing G-Unit with no blurs in most videos that came after these two were finished. Anyways, we filmed the last two days at the Sybil Brand Prison Facility without incident, and the post-production for this was a non-event. Um, what the, what you, the video you see today was basically the first cut that was delivered by Phil and Dre. Um, just like the song, the video was easy, affable, and fun. to many men wish death um, we took a one day off between the two videos and then went right into filming this one um, the whole premise for this one was different as we set out to make a video that would be edgy and as I said before we weren't concerned with broadcast standards so we were free to cover topics that we would normally not confront as we knew that networks would not play a video with this much violence um, as a video commissioner this is a rare occurrence one where you have the liberty to tackle more mature themes that are prevalent in the language of hip-hop, but not always in the visuals, because, as I stated, we didn't have to worry about broadcast standards. We were making this for the streets. Um, the video featured a number of cameos, including Adam Rodriguez and um, Rory Cochran, who were both on the TV show CSI Miami at the time, which was a big deal. It's st it was, you know, still today, those type of shows are big deals. It was a network show, so we had these guys on there. Um, we also had Mackay Pfeiffer, Tiny Lister, Henry Simmons, Malik, Blaze, Saphir, and Gabriel Cassius, all playing roles in different capacities. Um, it was an amazing set, and everyone worked really, really hard and really well together. Jesse knew a number of the cameos personally, and the ones that he didn't wanted to work with him as he was a fast-rising director and would go on to direct the feature film Soul Plane shortly after we filmed this video. Jesse and I worked together a lot over the years, and we still have a nice working relationship, actually. Yeah, I look forward to having him on an episode of The Commissioner in upcoming season so we can really chop it up with the stories about our time making videos together back in the day. Uh, anyways, um, we knew we wanted to cover a few things in this video. Uh, one was recreating the moment that 50 Cent was gunned down and shot nine times. This was all people were talking about once he made it big. Anytime anyone would ask what I was working on and I told them 50 Cent, their immediate response was, is that the guy that got shot nine times? 
So it was kind of the leading narrative whenever anyone talked about 50 in 2003. So we wanted to give it a backstory and kind of build on that for the entire video. And since the lyrics for the song were basically the story, we used that as the basis for the video. Um, we pretty much filmed the video in sequence with the opening scene of 50 getting gunned down in front of the bodega being the first scene we filmed and 50 walking out of the restaurant at the end with the lights flashing behind him to indicate that his rival, who he'd known forever and had hired the guys to kill and shoot him um, as he flipped the 50 cent piece, leaves it in the road. That's where we ended. Um, the 50 cent piece was, actually was used throughout the video as a marker to let the police know that this was in response to him getting gunned down and their inability to solve the case. Um, you get poetic license in video, and I took advantage of it completely on this one. I mean, wouldn't you? reference to the clothing as 50 wore regular gear, including some throwback gear that he wore in the opening sequence when he was gunned down. Um, that was the actual outfit that he was wearing at the time. I mean, not the actual pieces, but the same items, if you know what I mean, like the Braves throwback jersey and all that. Um, we did have a custom-made 50-cent bulletproof vest that 50 wears when he's rolled into the capo meeting by Tiny Lister. But for the most part, 50 wore clothes that he would be wearing before he made it big, as this was supposed to be a video reenactment of what happened back in the day. We did do a few performance setups for this video, which is what we would normally do for any music video. Um, we had 50 performing on the street with his back against the wall, which is a reference to the lyric in the song. He's like, my back up on the wall. Now you're going to see. Better watch how you talk when you talk about me, because I'll come take your life away. Um, and, you know, we also did a gritty, gritty performance of 50 in a rundown warehouse setting without a shirt. That was a reference to the cover of the CD for Get Rich or Die Trying. Um, it was an iconic image, and Jesse really wanted to bring it to life for the video. It's still one of my favorite performance setups for 50. It's intense, compelling, but also slightly vulnerable. I mean, when he says, sunny days wouldn't be special if it wasn't for rain, joy wouldn't feel good if it wasn't for pain, Death gotta be easy, cause life is hard. It'll leave you physically, mentally, and emotionally scarred. You not only understand what he's saying, but you see that he means it and speaks from a place that he's personally been. So 50 is such a natural, and he's so authentic, especially in these videos, that he made my job easy. I just had to make sure that the camera was at the right angle and not too low or high, which was really easy to do with an artist like 50. filmed the video over a two-day period and ran through all the cameos without incident. Um, we also didn't have as many people on set as the 21 Questions video, as most people don't have the stamina to be on set for more than a few hours, let alone five days. Um, we filmed the final scene in downtown Los Angeles at the old Italian restaurant called Little Joe's on Broadway in Chinatown. It had been closed for a while, and we were able to use the parking lot as a base camp and the inside and outside to film a number of scenes. 
Also, back in 2003, downtown L.A. was a much less crowded and easier place to film. So we were able to shut down streets and have full access to film without any or much fanfare at all. Plus, we were filming overnight, so there was even less traffic and tumult from the surrounding neighborhoods. This allowed us um, to really film each scene to its best potential. And because we were filming this video as a street video, we were able to use explicit lyrics, film scenes with guns, and make the video look and feel grittier than we would have been able to had we been doing it for broadcast. Also, I feel like we're probably wouldn't have made this video for a track like this if it wasn't a real radio, because it wasn't a radio song, right? So like you wouldn't make a video for hundreds of thousands of dollars for a song that wasn't going to get on radio. Um, because that's the point of making a video. It's a promotional item. You have to, in this item work, understand that you are so fortunate to have the opportunity to make a music video, but that the video itself is a marketing tool to help sell a record or an artist or raise awareness as such. So this was a rare opportunity to make a powerful, gritty video that's sole purpose when we were making it was to make sure that 50 kept his street credibility while also having a separate video that would help him cross over to the pop world. So this was a special occasion and one that I will cherish forever as a commissioner. Uh, we wrapped on time for Many Men, and Jesse turned around the edit of the video really quickly. Um, like 21 Questions, the edit you see was pretty much the finished video. We did eventually have to re-edit the video so that it would be able to be broadcast on BET and MTV, but fortunately, we could only re-edit it so much, and even the clean version's still gritty. Um, as I recall, they only played it at night, and it was only for a short period of time while we were making the video for PIMP, which features the first use of an Apple iPod, but that's a story for a whole other episode. So that's it for episode 10 of The Commissioner, 50 Cent, 21 Questions, and Many Men Wish Death, two videos that I'm honored and proud to have been a part of. Um, please share the podcast so we can continue to grow. Also, feel free to send me your thoughts or comments. Happy to hear it. Um, my name is Randy Sawson, and I am the commissioner. I want to thank you for listening. And as always, I'll leave you with this final thought. When your computer overheats, it freezes. Thank you.